Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Part of Island Church, maybe visitors here tonight, I don't know. But there are those here tonight that you're making plans. Plans are being made. Decisions are being made. But the Lord wants you to know, unless the plans come off of the blueprint of His desire for your life, they will not work. It will not happen. It may seem that which is right. But you must bring every decision to the cross, to the altar of God, and pray and seek the wisdom of God. And ask the Lord, is this your plan for my life? For to follow your own plan or to follow the plan of others for you will lead you into destruction, harm, hurt, and misery. Even into places in which recovery would be very difficult and would take much, much effort. So this night, all of your plans and your decisions and that which you've even decided to do, make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is the Spirit of Almighty God leading, directing, and guiding you. For that inward witness on the inside It will either give the green or the red light. If it's the green light, proceed and go into the blessing of God. But if it's the red light, and there are those here that the red light has been flashing, saying, no, 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 heed tonight and listen to that which the Spirit of God is saying. For audibly the Spirit is speaking unto you this night, saying to you, don't go that direction. Don't go that direction. It is a path of much misery, much hurt, and much harm. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. For suffering will befall you and harm awaits you. So listen, listen to that which the Spirit says. For God will not be blamed. And God will not be brought unto account that you have not been warned. But obey the Spirit of the Lord. And you will be preserved, blessed, and protected. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, lift your hands and receive. I'm going to find my $90 check. I'm going to believe God before it's over with. My $90 checks are going to turn into $900 checks. My $900 checks are going to turn into $9,000 checks. My $9,000 checks are going to turn into $90,000 checks, and so on and so forth. You say, you really believe that? I believe that. You know, we were going through some pictures and things, getting ready for uh, 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 doing a celebration on the Sunday morning of our, uh, of our Fall Harvest Conference. And I found my old law book from the very first year that I was in ministry. 19, actually, I, I, I combined two years together, 1984 and 1985. Have it li- had it listed everywhere I preached. Have it listed the offerings I got. You ought to see those offerings. $50, $25, $15. The highest offering I got that year was $337. I thought I was on top of the world. $337 offering. Uh, and then the next year, in 1985, my highest offer was $700. Double. Isn't that good? Praise God. I tell you, you say, what do you mean? Never despise the day of small beginnings. Because God blesses faith. 
So we just stayed with it and stayed with it and stayed with it. I remember we had something very unusual. I don't know why I'm telling this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. We had something very unusual happen in ministry. It seemed like a great financial anointing was stirring in the body of Christ. And now, for the most part, uh, we were preaching in churches of anywhere from about 300 people to about 500 people. And every other month or so, we'd be in a church of 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 or 3,000 people. Now, let me just tell you right up front, for you that, that, that want to know, how many want to know? Size of a church does not determine the size of an offering. I said the size of a church does not determine the size of an offering. And so, you know, most all things being equal, many of the churches, especially that we did Sunday morning through Sunday night, uh, 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 meetings for, offerings would be anywhere from about $2,500 to about $7,000, depending on the size of the church. And that went on for, for probably about a six or seven year period. Then just like you flipped a switch, it was the strangest phenomenon I ever saw in my life. Just like you reach over and flipped a switch, the same church with the same congregation, those offerings went from 2,500 to 7,000. They went from that to 25,000, 35,000. 17,000, 18,000. I mean, we were just like, what in the world is going on? The Lord says, well, you've been faithful in little. Now it's time for much. You say, what do you mean? Listen, when you give big, you receive big. You give small, you, you receive small. You've got to understand, this thing works absolutely. I guarantee if you work it by faith, it will work. So many people, they try it. Nothing works by trying. You have to do it. Amen. So when you make a decision, Lord, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to offer, I'm going to, I'm going to operate my finances according to your will and your word, then you know what you're doing? You're taking the responsibility of increase out of your hand and you're putting it in God's hand. But as long as you do not do it God's way, then the responsibility for, responsibility for increase is in your hand. How many, how many of you think you can really increase yourself supernaturally? Nobody can. But God can increase. He did the widow woman. That woman in Elijah's day, he gave her an oil business. And she had flour and oil till the famine was, was over. Amen? Praise God. We're not going to get into that. We're going to teach on something else. You love the Lord tonight? Go, if you will, to the book of Romans. Let's see how far we can get into this. Romans chapter 6. Let's look in verse 14. We'll bump up into verse, yeah, verse 14. That's good. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Everybody say, sin shall not have dominion over me. Then it says, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then shall we say? What then? Shall we, what, what then, shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Everybody say, God forbid. That means no. Everybody say, that means no. It says, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now, you are either in one of those two categories tonight in your life. You're either yielding yourself to sin unto death or you're, or you're yielding yourself to obedience unto righteousness. Now, now let me say that again. You're either yielding yourself to sin unto death or you're yielding yourself to obedience unto righteousness. Now, now, now keep that thought in mind. 
It said, but God be thanked that you were. Everybody say, I was. You were the servant of sin, but have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine. One translation says, a system of truth. That you, uh, a system of truth which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak, now notice verse 19 very closely. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Now, we understand that Jesus... He came from Jordan to be baptized of John in the Jordan River. Upon his baptism in water, which that was baptism unto repentance, upon his baptism, the Holy Ghost descended upon his life and anointed him. Now, the reason for baptism in most of the people's life that were being baptized, let me just say all of the people's lives, that were being baptized in water under the ministry of John the Baptist, they were being baptized for the repentance of sin. The Bible says that they would come up out of the water confessing their sin. But Jesus, when he came to be baptized, sin was not the issue. The issue in the life of Jesus was not sin. It was obeying righteousness. Jesus said to John, the Bible says John forbade Jesus, which means John was standing there. Jesus stepped down into the water and said, baptize me, John. And John said, no. I don't want to baptize you. I want to be baptized of you. But then Jesus said to him, No, John, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, I want you to, I want you to see two forces tonight. I want you to see sin standing over here. Sin is a teacher. Sin is a taskmaster. Sin is a, an instructor. Sin is a motivator. Sin is an ideal giver. Sin is a plan maker. Are you with me? And then I want you to see over here righteousness. Righteousness is a motivation. My righteousness is a plan maker. Righteousness is an ideal giver. A righteousness is something that connects you with right relationship and right standing with God so that from God can come a plan and will for your life. So is true of sin. It's not from God. It's from your adversary, the devil. But let me just say, sin has a plan for you. Let me say it again. Sin has a plan for you. It has a plan to open you up wide to the ministry of your adversary. John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, from the time you get born again and get filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to walk with God, God puts grace upon you so that you can begin to relieve yourself and deliver yourself from the sin issues. Because the sin motivation, which is called iniquity, mentioned here in the Scripture, is no longer on the inside motivating you. If you're involved in sin tonight, it's because your mind desires it and your flesh desires it. Let me say that again. If you're involved in sin tonight, it is because your mind desires it and your flesh desires it. In your flesh, you can develop an appetite for sin. In your mind, you can develop an appetite for sin. The Bible calls it strongholds. But the good news is, the Word of God 
And the power of the Holy Ghost is more than enough to break down, destroy, and annihilate any of the sin issues in your life. But you must address them. Paul says, I speak after manner of men because of the weakness or the infirmity of your flesh. Now, your flesh is crazy. It has appetites. It has desires. If you yield to the appetites and desires of the flesh, they will destroy you. Now, we know ourselves that even common sense has to take back seat to the flesh if you're not operating by faith and righteousness. You say, what do you mean like that? How many before you got saved smoked cigarettes? Don't raise your hand. I don't want, I don't want to know that. Now, said the tobacco habit, that's a nasty habit. That's a filthy habit. Amen? I mean, it give you lung cancer, uh, mouth cancer, throat cancer, all different kind of... Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll hurt you really bad. You know? Now, how many remember, you that smoke cigarettes, how many remember the first cigarette you ever smoked? The first one, not, not the four-pack-a-day habit. No, the very first one, when you were young, you know, when you were, your lungs were still fresh, you know, and, and you took that Marlboro or that Winston or that Cool or that Salem, and you lit that thing up, and you took a big old pull, and you sucked all that 167 chemicals into your lungs. Do you remember the response of your flesh? Your flesh choked. Your flesh hacked. Your flesh coughed. Your, your flesh was saying, please do not ever put that in me again. Your flesh had more sense than that. Then how would you end up with a four-pack-a-day habit? Because there had to be something stronger than your physical flesh. Because if it was up to your physical flesh, you would have obeyed your physical flesh and quit doing it. But there was a motivation on the inside of you, an iniquity. Something doing what? Making a plan. Something doing what? Producing a motivation. That said, kept doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, till you become what? A slave. That's why, you know, you get people that smoke a lot of cigarettes. They get up in the morning, light up a smoke. They don't even think about it. It's like drawing a breath. I mean, they get up in the morning, smokes are sitting there on the side of the, uh, on the nightstand. You get up, you know, you, so you sit up in bed, alarm's going off, you cog it off, and light up a smoke. You walk into the bathroom with a cigarette in your hand. Don't look at me so holy. Some of you know just what I'm talking about. Amen. Alcohol's the same way. I remember the first beer you drank. Didn't that taste lovely? Tasted just like they showed you on the commercials. The beautiful running streams of Colorado. The beautiful crystal clear water. The beautiful people with the flat abs. And they didn't show big old beer gut. They didn't show somebody with a nose look like a dog chewed it. You know, that's what happens when you've been an alcoholic for about thirty years. Look like a dog chewed on your nose because all those blood vessels are just you know going crazy. No, that first drink, I remember the first time I took, I took a drink of a Lone Star beer, and I thought, of all the beers in that ice chest, I got the rotten one. How many know what I'm talking about? Well, then how do you end up an alcoholic? There has to be a strength. There has to be a plan. There has to be a motivation. Sin takes hold and makes you a slave. Makes you a slave of alcohol. Makes you a slave of drugs. Makes you a slave of, of pornography. Whatever it is, the sin nature in you makes you a slave of that. And it conditions your flesh and your mind. But then you come to Island Church, you get saved. You get born again. And that motivation gets severed out of you. It gets cut out of you. But then you're still stuck with this what? 
This appetite. When the pressure of life comes, you think, I've got to have, I've got to have. No, you don't. What you've got to have is the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the anointing of God to set you free from the desires of the flesh and the mind. So the Bible says this. It says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity or the weakness of your flesh. As ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now. Everybody say, even so now. Say it again. Yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Now, what are your members? Anybody know? Your fingers, your hands, hard to roll a joint without your fingers. Your hands, your feet, your arms, your legs, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your tongue. The Bible says you used to, what, yield them. You used to, how many remember Friday night, payday on Fridays? And you're on your way, cash the check at the liquor store. Come on. Cash, you know, cash, cash your check at the liquor store. Amen. On the way home, you stop off at Bob, Bob Clark's house. A few of you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Praise God. Get you a sack and some flat ones. Anybody know what a sack and some flat ones are? Good. You don't need to know what that is. Amen. Then you get home and you begin to do what? You begin to partake. You begin to feed. You come under the influence of that which you are partaking. And then you lose control of your senses. And you know when, you know what people love to do when they lose control of their senses? They love to drive. They get in their cars and drive. That's why we have so many DWIs, so many DUIDs and all that kind of stuff. But the Bible says now the way you used to do that the lifestyle that produced that, now you're going to have to turn that around and you're going to have to use your members. I'm going to say my members. And instead of popping a top, you lift a hand. Instead of rolling a joint, you roll some pages. Come on, church. You need to hear what I'm saying right now. Amen. I'm telling you, instead of snorting a line, you pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. I mean, instead of taking an injection, you get an impartation of the life and the power of God. And you begin to develop what? A lifestyle of righteousness by yielding your members. That's why when you come to church, you open your mouth, you sing the songs. You lift your hands, you praise the Lord. I tell you, people start getting anointed. They start running around the church. They start dancing in the spirit. Well, you just take off, do the same thing. If you will learn to yield your members, the more under the influence of the spirit and of righteousness you will become, and the more you will break down the appetites of the flesh and its desires to sin. Or else you will be a religious sinner. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I go to church, I read the Bible, I pray, but I'll tell you what, I'm miserable. There's a lot of people that are like that. So what has church tried to do? Church has tried to accommodate people like that. Well, don't ever say anything about sin. Don't tell people they shouldn't drink or smoke or cuss or chew or run with women that do. Amen? Uh, don't, you know, don't tell people, don't tell people, oh, they'll think it's law, they'll think, no, 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 no. You must understand, we live in a dispensation of grace. We were teaching on grace this morning. Grace is the ability to what? To say no. 
to say no to that which you used to say yes to. Grace is not just the ability of God to deliver you from a habit, but to take the desire away so that you no longer have any desire whatsoever for what you used to do, and a new desire gets birthed on the inside of you. Oh, I love being in the presence of God. I love coming to meetings. I love doing all. You say, what do you mean? I wish we had church every day. I wish I could get up and preach three and four times a day. I'm looking for the day when that begins to happen. I tell you, I just love being in the presence of God, preaching the Word of God, ministering the Word of God, shouting, praising, giving, blessing, doing all that kind of stuff. I love the lifestyle of righteousness. Amen? I go home and I do what? I wait on the Lord. I pray. I read my Bible. I be a good husband to my wife. I be a good father to my child. I come back here up to the church. I be a pastor to the island church. I do all of that kind of stuff. Waiting for what? The next meeting. When we can gather in the presence of God and lift our hands up to heaven and worship and praise and glorify Him. When we can open the pages of the Bible and get revelation out of the Word of God to live an overcoming and victorious life. Where we can see gifts of the Spirit in operation. The power of God in manifestation where we can see God do signs and wonders and miracles and people get set free and people get healed and delivered and marriages get fixed and God bless people Amen. we can see the supernatural in operation listen it's an addictive lifestyle the more you're in it the more you want it if it wasn't happening here I'd go find it I said if it wasn't happening here I'd go find it because I can't live without the glory I can't live without His presence. I can't live without revelation from the Word of God. I can't live without knowing that I'm in the will of God. I can't live without those things. And when you get to a point where you've so yielded your members to God, where not, you're not using your members for destruction, but you're using your members for life, then you begin to discover that's exactly what God wants. God wants you spirit. Everybody say spirit. Soul. Everybody say soul and body. And when you learn to do that, Present your body, the Bible says, a living sacrifice. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. So, if you used to be a good sinner, that's a problem with a lot of people. They were good sinners. I mean, they could drink it. They could smoke it. You know, I mean, I remember people back in the day, they'd tell us, you know, man, I really got some good weed. You can only smoke one joint. We'd smoke their whole sack. You say, why? We were into it. It'd take these little pills. You can only take one of these. We'd take the whole bottle. We weren't conservative in any way. Somebody asked, were you experimenting with drugs? I said, no, we were into full-scale investigation. But then you come over into the, into the kingdom of God, and you can't get your hands above your waist. You ain't got no shout. You ain't got no shout in your mouth. You ain't got no dance in your feet. You ain't got no glory in your shout. Come on, church. No, you've got to make a decision. As much as I used to yield to sin and uncleanness and follow its plan and its purpose for my life, now I'm yielding to righteousness and the glory and the anointing of God and the blessing of God. When you begin to do that, you begin to discover the true joy of serving God no matter what you're going through, no matter what comes up in your life, you know, I know in whom I believe. I am fully persuaded that what He has promised, He is also able to perform. Amen. Lift your hands up and worship Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www. 
www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.